The following audio is from First Baptist Church of Conyers. More information about First Baptist Conyers is available at firstconyers.com. Good morning. Uh, welcome to our online service this morning. It's good that you're here. This is Palm Sunday. Of course, we know and a little bit different from coming from my living room to you, but hopefully you have gathered your family there and as we look towards this, this Holy Week leading up to Easter Sunday, next Sunday, uh, we want to take some time throughout this coming week to look at those last the last week of Jesus' life, actually. And so you can join me, just to make an announcement here, you can join me every morning this week, beginning tomorrow morning at 8 a.m., where we'll begin venturing through from Matthew chapter 26 uh, to the resurrection on Sunday. So a daily devotion every morning at 8 a.m., you can join me in that. I would encourage you to do that. And today, if you even want to begin, start reading, beginning in Matthew chapter 26 to the end of Matthew, I think that will uh, help you just get tuned in a little bit for the devotions that are coming next week. Uh, one thing that's been exciting that came to pass throughout this last week, I got a message from uh, Jamie Cutter uh, that, that Blake, our student pastor, had started a group me page with some of his kids in the youth group, but he, he made it open so that anybody that might want to join in could join in. And every day he would engage with the kids through the group me page. And there was a young girl actually in South Carolina that happened along the group me sessions and began to hear our students respond and, and their love for Christ and the demonstration of that. She began to message Blake privately to learn more about Jesus and how she can have a relationship with Christ. And it's exciting to know that this young lady this past week came to know Christ. She trusted Christ as her Savior uh, through the witness and demonstration of our students at First Conyers. And so I know you're proud of our students. I love them. So thankful that uh, we have a student ministry that focuses on Christ and discipleship. And it was through the witness of those students that they came to know Christ. Uh, the second thing I just want to let you know about is that if, if there are any needs in the body, I would encourage you, uh, let us know through email. You can go through our website to email the church to let us know of any particular needs. But I'd also encourage you in your community, in your neighborhood where you are, uh, find someone who you think might need some help. Maybe there's an elderly person who's at high risk that you might call them as you go to Publix or wherever you do your uh, perishable grocery shopping and just call them and say hey I'm going to Publix is there anything that I can get you while I'm there and let's use this opportunity the best way we can just to demonstrate Christ's love lastly I want to make you aware of our website uh, I'm gonna ask Brandon to pull up the website here behind me and I want to show you a couple of areas that you need to know of it's www.firstconyers.com and on our website, you'll notice right here at the top, there's latest church updates. I would encourage you to get any of your information as to what is happening, what's going on through our website. Um, don't, uh, don't take it from other mouths. Uh, don't take it from uh, other Facebook postings of people, but go right here to that link, uh, current church updates, and you can find out the different online times through YouTube or Facebook or a website uh, where you can get information as to when the different broadcasts are taking place. One thing I want to make you aware of is that uh, in our resources page, which you can click to right here, online resources, 
when you go into online resources, we're posting these to make them available to you. Examples of that would be sermon notes that we'll be going through and, and making those available to you. Our YouTube channel link you can go to your sermon notes. And our preschool resources, Laura is doing a great job, she and Mariette, in that area. Um, parent resources and then our children's ministry. Uh, Vicki has been working tirelessly to put information there, how you can engage your kids through the Zoom meetings and other online resources. And I really want to encourage families, if, if we don't do this during this time, then we're really missing the boat. Uh, again, dads, I want to encourage you, uh, moms of single parent households, uh, you be the spiritual leader in your home and get your kids together uh, around the Word, and uh, you grow with them along in that. So I encourage you to do that. And we're going to begin just by opening with some worship this morning. We have uh, Lene Rose joining us. Brandon's behind the camera over there. Uh, they are our neighbors, and so we're within the quarantine regulation uh, this morning. But uh, let's go to the Lord. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to worship you, God, to engage with the body. God, we love you.
thank you that you are, Lord, solid. You're a sure foundation, God. Lord, you do not change with the seasons, God. You don't change with the times, God. Or do you remain forever constant? You're a faithful, loving God. Father, we put all of our hope and our confidence in you. And God, as a, as a means of displaying our trust and our faith in you, God, it's, it's with a willing heart, Lord, that we continue to give to you faithfully. God, we pray that you would bless the giver uh, this week, Lord, and God, you would meet the needs of our body. Father, we pray especially for those that have uh, lost employment, God, or have had reduced hours, God, we, we pray that you'd meet their needs, God. Lord, we pray that, Lord, you would move uh, in different ways, maybe through the stimulus check that individuals are getting. If they don't need it, God, that, Lord, they would find somebody that they might bless them to demonstrate your love to. Father, we thank you for your goodness and your grace, and it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Yeah.
Amen. I hope that that song was an encouragement to you that regardless of what the times we are in and what's happening, that well, we can be content in the Lord. I want to thank uh, Brandon and Lene Rose and Sarah and Brian Lunsford for sharing that with us. Last couple of weeks, we've been looking at the local church. And we are so reminded again during this time that we're in that, boy, the local church is vital and God has intended for us to be a part of the local church, and quite frankly, you and I all need the local church. This morning, I want to finish the last three points of this as to why God has so designed it that you and I be a part of, an active part of the local church. Blake will put up in the notes the first four points that we've gone through already. And so last week, the last point that we closed on was that the church is is good. The church is designed so that we might have other people that we might grieve with. And on the other hand, using that same verse that Paul writes in 1 Corinthians, we, we have others that we can rejoice with. Listen again to what he says in 1 Corinthians 12, verses 25 and 26. He says, But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. And if one member is honored or one member rejoices, then all rejoice together. Um, he has given us that, uh, that privilege to not only grieve with one another, but also if there's one that is celebrating, we want to celebrate with that person I'm reminded, you know, our, our culture is so inundated with uh, celebrating achievement and, accept, and success, but, but I'm afraid in our culture, oftentimes, that celebration of achievement and success really has a more of a competitive nature in it, that, that we want to keep up with the Jones, or, or we want to keep up with the Roses, and, or whoever it might be, and, and, and deep inside of us, sometimes, when we see others benefit, we see others succeed, driven by our flesh nature, we, we, we might smile and say that's good, but sometimes if we're honest, we'll, we'll say that, you know, I wish I, could, I wish I could do that, or I wish I could achieve that. We oftentimes see that this within our culture, this celebratory, um, success-driven culture, finds its way into the local church as well. Oftentimes, I, I'm, I'm, I'm when I watch parents with their children, um, and even children together, particularly maybe students, that one, when one succeeds, the other wants their child to succeed like the other, and there's that competitive nature that kind of bleeds in. Uh, rather than rejoicing, there's a competitiveness. Um, if, if one does well in sports, the, the, the dad has to get their, their child enlisted or enrolled in, in sports. When, when there's one that's beautiful, the other is jealous because they're not as beautiful. Or if one uh, has brains, uh, my mom didn't have a problem with that. Uh, but if one has brains, we want our child or even ourselves. And sometimes I find that even within the local church structure, we've allowed it to permeate the church. Now hear me well on this. I think one of the things that this coronavirus is teaching us as the church, as believers, that our focus has really been on the wrong things. That when we come together as a local church body, oftentimes we come together with critique, we come together and after it we want to offer criticism, uh, 
we come together and often we're disappointed because the numbers just weren't what they were last week. And can I tell you that nowhere in Scripture will you find that that should be or is, is a prescription for the local church body. And we miss it. Um, there's a competition that is, is so prevalent, prevalent in our church culture. A competition over dollars, buildings, uh, experiences that one church might offer over another. And can I tell you, experiences are very short-lived. Um, you see, God is teaching us that, that we need the body of Christ not only to grieve with, but also to rejoice with. And I find the most difficult sometimes to rejoice with another person is when I'm in the midst of suffering. But you see, that's what community does, and that's what community is. The next point that I would say that uh, the church is a good place for us, the local church body is good for us, is that I know in my life, it is a good place for me to be judged. Oh, wait a minute. Somebody says, oh, don't judge me. And that's a popular saying in our culture today. And I'm not talking about that kind of cult, that kind of judging. And the scriptures don't talk about that when it talks about believers judging one another. It's not for criticism. It's not for condemnation. But it is a safe place for me to be judged by other believers who love me and care for me. Listen to what Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 5. He says, But now I am writing to you uh, not to associate with anyone who bears the name of brother if he is guilty of sexual immorality or greed or an, an idolater, reviler, drunker, or swindler, even to eat with such a one. For what have I to do with judging outsiders? Meaning those outside the church, those outside the body, it's not my business to judge them and it's not your business to judge them. I just stepped on somebody's toe. But it's not your business. I like what Hank Williams Jr. wrote in a song entitled, Mind Your Own Business. He said, if you mind your own business, then you won't be minding mine, right? But so often we want to judge those outside the body. But listen to what he said. He said, it is not those, in, is it not those inside the church you are to judge? You see, it is a safeguard for, for me to have brothers and sisters in my life. It's a safeguard for me to have Sarah and Brian and Brandon and Lene in my life. That if they see an area, and they love me, I think they do anyway, they love me. And if they see an area in my life that, that could be a pitfall for me, that if Brandon comes to me and says, J-Mo, man, I love you, and i got to tell you, J-Mo, I'm seeing this. I'm not trying to condemn you, but brother, you need to pay attention to that. Listen, it's a safeguard for me. It's dangerous for me to not be judged within the body. Now let me, let me make this clear. That, that type of judgment has to come from out of a place of love and it has to come out of a place of grace. You see, in humility, I think, is, is the key there. If we recognize that except for the grace of God, there go I as well. That if we have that humility saying that, you know, I, I, I could be just like J-Mo in that path if, if I'm not careful. So I'm going to come to him in love without criticism, without condemning him uh, so that he might turn and, and I would win a brother. I would save a brother from possible destruction. Can I tell you this, that you and I need a Nathan in our life. Remember the story of King David when he had committed adultery with Bathsheba and 
that had her husband Uriah put to death. It was Nathan, his trusted confidant, that stood before the king and really took a risk, um, sharing the, the, the story with him of, of one who had, a farmer who had many sheep, and, and he stole the one sheep, took the one sheep from the man who had only one little sheep. And David was indignant and saying that that man should be killed. And Nathan turns to him and says, David, you're the one. And I need that in my life, and you do too. Let me, let me just make this statement. It is immeasurably more safe to be a part of a local church that watches for our souls than to not be a part of a local church with people that love us who do not watch after our soul. And we praise God for the safety of that. The last point that I want to make in this message containing the benefits or the requirements of the local church is this, that, that the members of the local church are indispensable. Every single person that makes up a local body of believers is indispensable, and they're all equally valued regardless of what role they play, regardless of the way that they might serve, regardless of, of what their position or their status is. Every single one are indispensable. Listen to what Paul writes in 1 Corinthians. He says, The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again, the hand to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. You see, if you're a toe, if you're an eye, that can seem very a very minute part of the body. And it is. But I would challenge you to try to walk through your house today with your eyes closed, going in the front door and making it out the back door, and you realize how significant the eyes are. Uh, you'll recognize how significant that big toe is if you've broken it or if you were to lose it, God forbid, and you try to maintain balance in your walking and your running without that. You see, while it may be a small part, and you might be, like me, a little embarrassed over what my toes look like. But without that part, the whole body is affected and suffers. You see, Paul here in the context is speaking to the local church. And he's driving home the fact that every single one of us have been gifted by God, the Holy Spirit. We spoke of this earlier. And God has given us specific gifts to use within the body of Christ so that we might build up the body of Christ and not only build up the body of Christ, but to be equipped together as the local church body to fulfill the mission that he has given to us to win, disciple, and send. And in the midst of that, displaying his grace to all people regardless of who they are. You see, God has so designed it that we need each other. Not a single one of us is not needed. My encouragement to you today would be that you may feel somewhat restricted in the confines that we find ourselves in. But you know what? If God's given you a burden and a heart to pray for others, can I tell you that's not a wasted gift? That's not a wasted effort within the body. He hears our prayers and He responds to those. If God has gifted you of having sensitivity to others so that you might take a moment just to write a quick note to somebody and address the envelope and put a stamp on it and put it in the mail, you know, God can use that to encourage another person who's a part of the body of Christ. Whatever it is that God has gifted you with, 
use those and apply them in the local church. A couple of closing comments, particularly during this time. We, we've noticed that our Facebook internet traffic has just really been off the chart on Sunday mornings. And I'm aware that many people that are connecting in, some I know, some I don't, many of them that I know that are connecting in during this time are, are individuals who are not a member of a local church body. I know this sounds like preacher talk, but before I ever became a pastor, I recognized early in my Christian life that, that I needed to be plugged in and, and I needed to be a part of a local church body. I, I don't know, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm certain that there have been times in my life that if I had not been a part of a local church body, that quite possibly maybe I could have fallen away. I don't know. But I just know this, that I need the local church body. And if you're not connected to a local church body, if you live in Arizona, if you live in California, if, if you live in South Carolina, North Carolina, places where I know people have been connecting in, would you find a good, solid, Bible-preaching local church body to be a part of? You need that in your life because it's through God's Word that we grow and mature. The closing story, when my wife and I had gotten married, and if you don't know, we eloped to Reno and got married, we had a, about a one-day engagement after she proposed to me and asked me to marry her after we had known each other for six weeks. I do hold bragging rights to that. Uh, we decided on a Friday that we would indeed get married, and we drove to Reno and got married. Neither my wife or I knew the Lord or were not walking with the Lord. And our marriage was going to end pretty quickly, probably, based on our lifestyle, if things didn't change dramatically in our life. We came home to Georgia. This was in May. We got married. We came home to Georgia in July where my parents first met Sandy. Um, and my dad recognized that, boy, we needed Jesus. And my dad pulled me aside just before we were about to leave. And he said, buddy, he said, I want you to find a local church, and I need you to get connected in that. And I honored my dad. I, I respected my father. And, you know, it was by that exhortation from my dad who said, you need to find a local church. Begin getting connected in a church. It was through that church, Horizon Christian Fellowship in San Diego, California, during the Jesus movement, the hippie movement, that my wife and I came to know Christ within that first year of our marriage. And we know it transformed our lives, and we know it transformed our marriage, and it transformed our family. So let me encourage you this morning. Get connected. Get plugged into a local church. As soon as all of this is over, boy, you, you, you get plugged into a local church. If you're a part of First Conyers, don't be ashamed. Don't be bashful. Don't be embarrassed. Invite people, first of all, to know Jesus, but to get connected into a local church. I love you. God bless you. I look forward to being with you tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. and every morning this week with our devotion throughout this Holy Week. Uh, I want to thank Brandon and Lene for being a part of the worship with us this morning, Sarah Bryan. Uh, reach out to one another. Encourage one another. We love you. God bless. Thank you for listening to audio from First Baptist Church of Conyers, located in Conyers, Georgia. For more information about First Baptist Conyers, please visit us online 
at firstconyers.com.